You have to know me. Oh, my goodness. This is not my favorite thing to do. I don't do it because I want to. I do it because he's called me to. And, and I do it when he puts a message on my heart that I cannot ignore. I'm like, okay, God, I get it. I'm hearing you. And I just present myself to the staff and I say, okay, the Lord's given me a message. And so I, I really do feel that today the message could be a breakthrough profound message for some of you. Um, it, you'll say, that's a simple message, but it doesn't matter. Some of the simplest things I've heard have been the most profound in my life. And I actually like that. My favorite scripture is, make it your ambition to lead a simple life. And I usually tell people, I married the wrong man for that. But it's okay, because God's grace is wonderful. So, Father, we just invite you into this place. God, I ask you to stir every spirit, every heart, every mind, God. And then, Lord, I just ask you to pour your spirit out on me. You've given me this message, and I know that I can do a certain amount in my own strength. I've studied, I've pressed, I've researched, I've, I've written down, I have notes that I, I can't get all in, but God, I don't want to do anything out of step with what you have for this family today. So I just ask for your presence as we, as we learn. And Father, I just would even ask that as I speak, there would be revelation in the speaking and, and that there'd be revelation, God, in the hearts of my family and for the things that we need to hear. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence. You have promised us where two or three are gathered, there you are. So there's no doubt that you're here. We just ask you to manifest your presence, God, and to increase and to have your will here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Alan is in the beautiful Caribbean land of the Dominican Republic. He's, I know, isn't that something? And guess what? I could have been there too. But guess what? I chose not to. And that... Um, I really, I had my reasons and... So I, I asked the young man that invited Alan, he was invited to speak to pastors there. 1,500 pastors were, were gathering, and I asked the young man, well, do you mind if my son comes? Because my son is off work around the holidays, and so they graciously said yes. Well, then when I've seen all the pictures, and I've seen how pretty it is, and I was a little bit jealous, but here's the truth. Even in the, the mystery of why God had me say no and stay home, the Lord is working. He's working in Anthony's life. This is a huge breakthrough trip for him. And so, I, you know, I just sometimes you just, this is how when we say we just follow the cloud. Sometimes we don't even understand why we're saying what we're saying or doing what we're doing. But God is in the midst of all those things. So they will be home tomorrow night late. Alan will be here Tuesday night. It'll be wonderful to have him back. But I'm telling you, the blessing, you've got to get this, the blessing of sending him off as he comes back renewed. You don't want a dead pastor, let me promise you. So he gets to go, and he gets to speak to people that have never heard his message, and he gets, oh, hi, Ellie, it's so good to see you. He gets to get renewed and revived, and he's a better pastor for having had that time away. Amen. So thank you for your graciousness to allow him to do that. Okay. 
So this is what the Lord was speaking to me months ago. Now, I wasn't planning on this being the weekend that I was to speak. It just happened that God ordained this. He he's been really speaking to me about gratitude, about thanksgiving. So I don't want you to be mistaken, and I entitled this, A Beautiful Mind, Healing Through a Lifestyle of Gratitude. So, okay, this weekend is the season. It's the weekend for giving thanks, right? So you would say, well, that's, you know, we've all been, we've had that kind of week. We've been very thankful for what God has given us. That's not what I'm talking about. He doesn't want us to just say, I'm going to set aside a day to be thankful. He doesn't want us to say, I'm going to set aside a month, because usually we start at Thanksgiving and we go till the end of Christmas, maybe into the new year, and then we, we sh shift our focus onto New Year's resolutions, what should I do better, I got to lose some weight, all those good things. But what, I, what the Lord is saying is not just a day, not just a month, a lifestyle of thanksgiving, a lifestyle of gratitude. And what he's been showing me through this, because months ago, as we were entering into our 20th year, we're, you know, we as a church have started our 20th year. We will culminate that year next October. So Alan had mentioned that he wanted the messages to be on healing, deliverance, outreach to the poor, and I know there was one other thing. Do you remember? Evangelism. Thank you. And so that was what stirred this message in, in the beginning months ago was not just having a grateful heart, but getting healing. So I began to look into it. I began to look into the research because I was pretty sure there's research. And I found it very easily. It was like people would post an article on Facebook, exactly what I needed. So I didn't even have to look very hard. So, my first scripture is out of Romans 12, 1 and 2. It has become one of my favorites. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect I don't know about you but this is one of the early verses as a believer that you learn it is the one of the basis of our faith that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God right now, in my early days, I didn't quite understand what all that entailed. I, I told him last night that a lot of it in my early days as a believer... Now, look, I grew up in the church. I can tell you from the time I was a little girl, I have always had a profound love for God. I've always wanted to serve Him. I was a pretty good kid. I wasn't rebellious. I didn't drink. I didn't party. I respected my mother. I did everything... I, I wasn't perfect. I had my areas of brokenness. But, but mostly, I, I thought I was a pretty good person. So this didn't seem to be too hard for me. 
But what I didn't understand is that I never was called, we are not called to do this in our own strength. And you truly, what you don't realize is it's not the outward, it's the inward. It's the thoughts, it's the patterns that you believe in your mind that get all messed up because of your surroundings, because of your culture. And a lot has changed in the 40 years that I have come to this age, a lot. So there's never a time more urgent than now that we need this teaching, that we need this understanding. And what the Lord is showing me, that it is his simple, I love the word simple, I love the word simple. It is his simple elementary principles that will bring life into you, that will change your life, that will bring healing into you, and that will direct your path in ways that you have no idea what Oh my goodness, it's, it's incredible. But what I'm going to focus on today is be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I thought I sort of knew what that meant. That means read your Bible every day, study hard, memorize, memorize the Bible. Uh, Grievous words stir up wrath, but a soft answer, that's something close to that. My kids did Bible drills. I learned a lot of scripture. Um, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How do, how do we actually do that? How do we actually do that? And see, what I think he's going to show us today is one way that we can do that is simply by developing a lifestyle of being thankful. So, I will tell you that when you say that you will do a message and you will talk about Thanksgiving, there's going to be something that comes against you. So, I was having just a wonderful little week. I got Alan off on Wednesday. You know, it's been a time of a lot of preparation for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, putting up decorations, all that. But finally, Thanksgiving morning... I was just going to sit in the quiet. I, I had a project I was going to do with the Lord, and I had started that. So I was looking forward to my quiet morning, sitting at my table by myself. And I come out, and I hear this noise. What is that? It's my refrigerator. My refrigerator hates me, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's making this... I have a video. I took a video so I could send it to Alan. It's making this strange, it's in, you know, like your little electronic panel, like you do the water, and I'm beep, 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 beep. Or, honestly, I can't remember exactly. And I go over to it. It's never made this noise before. It certainly has been repaired twice already in less than seven years. But I've never seen this one, so I'm looking at it. What in the world is this? And it had this little symbol, P-O, and a little red marker over here. And I'm, I'm looking. I have the manual downloaded on my computer, so I'm searching through this thing, trying to figure out, what is it doing? Of course, Alan is out of town. Not that he would be any help anyway. <laughs> he fixes people, not things. He's told me that a million times. But I have friends. I have friends. So... I am texting my friends because it's Thanksgiving Day. Who is going to come look at this refrigerator? No one. And I it would say, blah, 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 and then confirm. So I'd hit the confirm button. It would stop. And then I'm literally in seconds, it would start again. Now, do you think 
that my perfect little peaceful time with the Lord is going to continue? Not really, because now I'm obsessed with figuring out, is this refrigerator going to die on me on Thanksgiving Day? Thank goodness there wasn't a whole lot in there, because I wasn't hosting Thanksgiving. So this went on all day long. Finally, I text Tommy Ruane, and Tommy, and Kitty actually figured this out too, but Tommy, he texts me back, and he says, it looks like the panel is going out, and it, it, you're, it's a very expensive part. You're going to have to replace that. It's going to be really expensive. So I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to get a new refrigerator. <laughs> this one is... So, but the truth was I recognized what it really was. Do you get it? I'm preparing a message on being thankful. And something's coming against that, trying to divert my attention to being ungrateful and being worried and being stressed out about something that really does not matter that much, but in that moment, it sort of mattered. Got it? You get it? Life lesson. Fortunately, I have done this enough um, that I very quickly recognized, and I just said, no, I'm not going to do this. I am not going to stress over the refrigerator. So we went on about our day. I, I spent my time I mean, I could go in the bedroom. We actually turned on the TV on the, the Macy's Parade just to try to drown out the refrigerator noise. It, it worked a little bit, but I, I had to go to the bedroom to just get away from it. But we went on about our day and, and had Thanksgiving, and it was wonderful. And we got home that night, and it kind of was stopping. It seemed like it was going to stop making that noise. And then I'm thinking, it really is going to die. It's just going to die. So I pulled everything out. I have a small refrigerator in the, in the garage that was pretty full. But I, you know, packed everything in there. And so I went to bed and thought, okay, I have a repairman. I've already paid for the repair guy to come. He's going to come whenever. Sometime he'll finally contact me. Well, he did contact me. But not after the next morning I got up and the refrigerator had resurrected itself. No longer making that noise. No longer appeared to be dying. It was fine. So the repairman still came and he tried to tell me it was just the weather. I'm like, dude, I don't know very much, but I'm pretty sure this is not just the weather. Anyway, I showed him something that he could order apart. But here was the good news. This is the blessing. And trust me, this is going to make sense as I keep telling you. I, I, he said, I'm an independent contractor. I said, oh, do you do plumbing? And he said, yes, I do. I'm like, hallelujah. He didn't really need to come for the refrigerator. He needed to come for my five-year plumbing issue which I will not even go into. I said, can you fix this? And he said, yeah, I can fix that. So he ran to Home Depot and he came back and he took care of this annoying five-year problem and it's gone, hallelujah, when Alan gets home, he's gonna be so happy. <laughs> See, I thought he was coming for the refrigerator and God worked all things for good. I got rid of my stupid plumbing problem. But we really do have problems. Next slide, please. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness. 
oh, don't we just all love to be steadfast because we have a lot of problems. But, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, that means complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Now, I'm going to tell you, these are the scriptures that the Lord gave me while I was sitting right there on the front row during one of Alan's messages. He just gave me my message, because I stress over these things. Like, Lord, this is, this is important. I don't want to get up there and not have something to say. But I realized last night, what does count it all joy mean? Be thankful. How many of you are really thankful for the problems that you're going through? No, come on, let's really be, let's be real. Let's be real. You got kid problems. You got financial problems. You got health problems. You got appliance problems. You got family stress problems. How many really can say, I'm just so happy that's happening to me. But that is what it says. Count it all joy. Hmm. Okay, so here's what I think the Lord is trying to teach us. Let me find my, oh, Linda's, Linda Ruane is texting me. Hold on, I got to get my scripture. This is also one of my favorite scriptures. Well, if it's going to pull up. Well, maybe it's not going to pull up. It's Proverbs 25, 2. And it basically, <laughs> it's not going to pull up. I will not be undone. God, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. Okay, so this is what I think he's saying. I think he's trying to show us that in the simplicity, he doesn't, he doesn't line out in the word. If you will have a thankful heart, all will go well with you, does he? Do you, anybody have that in scripture? I can't find that, I can't find that verse. Mama Gail will make that her translation. <laughs> what it is, is it's, it's reading his word, listening to his voice, and getting his revelation. But what I think he's trying to tell us is, if we will change, renew, transform our mind, and every day wake up and every night go to bed and find something to thank him for, it will change your life. And what I really think is, it will open up further mysteries of God. It, it's like, okay, another one of my plumbing problems was that my kitchen sink, when you would turn it on, it was just kind of dripping, like, oh dear, what in the world is this? We, do, we don't fix things at our house. And, and my friend, Tommy Ruane, came over, and it was just this little thing on the spigot that was some, clogged or something, and he took care of it, and the flow just came perfectly. Okay, it's like, if I will obey his simple word and be thankful... The spigot, it, it, 
it starts a little drip in my life. But as I progress and I do this as a lifestyle, the flow increases. Does that make sense? Are you getting it? I'm telling you, this is a simple message, but it's profound. And we need to get this. All right. We are hungry for what we call revival. We are a church that is seeking the more of God. We are the ones that are saying, God, come on, more, 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 more. There's, there's more than enough in the kingdom. We want it all. We want everything. But we won't even do the very simple thing that he instructs us to get it started. That's what I'm saying. So I'm, I am coming not only with a challenge for my life, but a challenge for your life. And I'm going to tell you how. Where am I standing on time? I got, last night I ran out of time, so I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to go. Go, next one. Okay. Can you move the slide? Now, as I looked up, there, there's clinical research. I think most of us know this, but I mean, I actually found the clinical studies where they took this group and this group of young people, they, they did gratitude exercises every day, and this group, they didn't do gratitude, and just the difference that it made, and these were some of the benefits. Just This is secular. This is just for everybody. Secular minds, just be grateful, just be thankful. It improves your mental health and your sleep quality. It reduces anxiety and depression. It helps savor positive experiences as you recount and recall the things that have happened in your life that are good. It helps you relive those experiences and it, it reduces your stress and life difficulties. It boosts your confidence and your self-esteem because you remember all the good things that have happened to you and you're kind of saying, oh, let that stuff happen again. It fosters empathy. It makes us care about what other people are going through because we realize the good things that we have in our life. It improves physical health. There is something called the, let me see if I can get this right, hypothalamus. I don't know if that's how you say it, but there's this little thing in the back of your brain that is actually affected when you are grateful, when you write letters of gratitude, when you express gratitude. See, isn't this incredible how God has created our bodies to be in alignment with the principles that he's taught us? Nobody tells you this in science class, but they should. It actually affects this little thing back there that releases, it, it improves your metabolism, it, it improves your sleep quality, it improves things in your life that are beneficial to your health. And I found out through my clinical research that it, um, it releases a hormone called dopamine. I think that's how you say it. And it's called the pleasure hormone. Somebody told me last night that it actually, do you know what is lacking if you have Parkinson's? Dopamine. God's design on our body is a miracle. But most of us spend all of our time doing the very opposite of what he is instructing us to do. A lot of it is, okay, it's not your fault. But it is your fault. You have a choice how you want to live. 
how you want to think. You have a choice as to whether or not you live with a transformed mind or not. We have that choice. Before the cross, there was no choice. Everybody lived in darkness. They had no choice, but now we have a choice. We actually can access the mind of Christ, and he can fill our mind if we will just follow the simple principles that he's given us. It fosters resilience. We become more resilient because we've, we live with this positivity about our life. It strengthens our relationships. Can you imagine how your relationship is strengthened if you tell your family how much they mean to you every single day? If you tell your coworkers the good things about them, the things that you see? If you tell the clerks in the store, thank you so much for your time and for your effort and the things that you're doing to make my life easier? Do you think that would strengthen your relationships? I do. And it enhances mindfulness. You actually have to, you know, engage your mind. Unlike a lot of the stuff we do that's mindless. So, this is just the secular. We hadn't even gotten to the spiritual breakthrough yet. My favorite part. Next slide. So, many of you, if you've known me for a very long, like two days, you know that this book called Strengthen Yourself in the Lord is my favorite book of all time. And there is a statement in there, physical obedience brings spiritual breakthrough. See, we want the spiritual breakthrough. We think that God's going to just zap us and that whoo, it's just going to be amazing. I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. It's just going to be amazing. I'm going to be climbing the mountains over there because it's just going to be amazing because God is just going to zap me. That's not how God... Now, sometimes he will do that. But more often, he has designed us to co-labor with him. If you will engage your mind, if you will engage your spirit... If you will actually step out of the boat and you will bring your body into alignment with his principles, he will, there will be breakthrough. I told him last night one of my favorite stories. I was a pent-up Baptist preacher's wife that was never allowed to say anything. I sat in the back, well, unless I was in the choir. I was in the choir. I had a good voice at one time. I had curly hair, long skirts. I, I Really, I could show you some pictures. I was a lovely person. And, but the message to me was be nice and say nothing. That's why this is such a transformation. I was good at that. So we started New Life City, and many of you know I was not exactly happy about it. I did not like the things Alan was pressuring me into, and, and I had a few um, moments. So... I don't remember what year, because we started the church in 2000. It was probably 2002. We, Alan, we took about 75 people to this event called the Voice of the Apostles. And it's our, kind of like our global awakening family meeting that we go to every year. Well, it was my first one. And Lord have mercy, those people were crazy. Offended doesn't even describe how I felt about those people. <laughs> you were there, weren't you? I thought, these people have lost their mind. Okay, Th that time the meeting room was small. We could not all fit into one room. And so some of us were in the overflow room 
not where the actual speaker was live. We were over there, and those people were worse. So I told Alan, I said, I am so sorry, but because you're on Randy's whatever he was on, you're going to get me in the main room because I'm not going to be in there with those. I mean, they were wild. They were acting like crazy people. So we, we did. We went in the main room where the, the, the speakers were, and it was the night that Heidi Baker was to speak, and I think it was probably the first time I'd ever heard her live. Alan had come back from a trip to Mozambique, and he had taken this black blanket with him. So I took that little black blanket everywhere with me. I don't know what happened to it. I wish I still had it. But while Heidi is speaking, the Holy Spirit just came over me, and I ended up under the chair, covered. I mean, literally covered from head to toe. I had that thing wrapped around my head. You couldn't see me at all. I was like a mummy inside this black blanket. I don't know what happened. All I can tell you is by the end of the meeting, I couldn't get up. I couldn't walk. What those crazy people, well, I didn't act as crazy as they did, but I act my own kind of crazy. And so Alan had to help me out of the meeting that night. And when we got home, all I'm going to tell you is, Marge Wynn will tell you, I was dancing across the stage. She called me a gazelle. What happened to that pent-up Baptist pastor's wife? I have no idea, but she was gone. And I haven't regretted a day of it because I, there's just been so much freedom. I, yes, thank you, Lord. And I know sometimes y'all think I'm crazy, and I am. I'm just so sorry. It's me and Jesus, and I'm just going to do whatever, whatever he tells me to. But, okay, where am I? Spirit, physical obedience brings spiritual breakthrough. The next one. So, Bill, and there's lots more. I really, I brought all my little, all my little things up here. I would love to just read this chapter to you. I, if you could just see how many things I've marked in this chapter, in this whole book. This has changed my life. But you know what he entitles this chapter on Thanksgiving? Disarming hell through Thanksgiving. How many of you would like to disarm hell out of your life? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's pretty simple. You don't have to be a scholar like Alan going to seminary for a gajillion years. You don't have to. Some of the benefits that, that Bill talks about it keeps our mind in alignment with God's principles when we, when we just practice a life of thanksgiving, when we practice that gratefulness. It attracts heaven into our situations. I think we, one of the songs, I, I don't remember, but I, I think one of the songs was talking about that. Like, Lord, when my focus is on you instead of my problem. See, that's the greatest tactic that the enemy has. Get you to be looking at your circumstances instead of him. And when we focus Christward, when we focus on him, it attracts the angelic host. It attracts Holy Spirit. They just come to provide what it, you know, the Bible does talk about that. Angels come, they come to assist us, right? So this is a practical way. It creates an attitude of, 
of humility. I'll talk about that in a minute. It accomplishes the divine justice of God. Let me see if I can find that. <laughs> the enemy is destroyed by the very thing he intended to use for our destruction. Does that sound like the cross? The enemy is destroyed by the very thing that he intended to use for our destruction. Just knowing that we can participate in destroying the enemy's purposes should alone move us to thanksgiving. It brings us into the manifest presence of God. And as a result of all of this, the presence of Holy Spirit renews us in joy unspeakable. Uh, the manifest presence of God, when our focus becomes Godward, his manifest presence becomes our reality. It connects us with what he is saying about our circumstances. And then all of that just releases a newfound joy. And it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength, right? Do you just agree? This is very simple. It's easy. This is not that hard. But it will change your life. Okay. I want to talk to you about an example. Because I asked the Lord, who, who, who can I use in, as an illustration? And he took me to the life of... Corey Ten Boom. How many of you? How many of you do not know who Corey Ten Boom? Okay, there's a few, but oh my goodness, you're going to want to read her book. It's called The Hiding Place, but it's not really just Corey that is the focus of this um, this message. Her sister is Betsy, so Betsy and Corey Ten Boom lived. And the, I, they probably were born in the 20s. I don't, I don't even know. But they were young women when World War II broke out. And they were living, they, they were from Holland. So they're in that area where the Germans are invading, the Germans are coming after the Jews, the Germans are, are arresting and abusing. And oh, it was just awful. And Corey's family, they weren't Jewish. They were believers. They were Christians. And they... They could not ignore what was happening in their community. So they began to take in Jews and hide them. They had secret walls. They had an underground system where they would help people get out of the country and just for their protection because they knew that if they didn't do this, that these people were most likely going to be sent to concentration camps or, or killed. And... But eventually, their family was discovered. I, I don't even remember, but that's not the important thing. So I think the dad dies pretty quickly. But it's Corey and Betsy that are taken by train. For four days, they are packed in a cattle car. Just unspeakable, uh, suffocating... <laughs> existence for four days they would open the door they would shove in a little bit of food which would quickly be eaten but but the Corey talks about the worst part was not having water no water for four days so they finally get to the place and they they open the doors and you know their first instinct is well there's there's this beautiful lake there's trees this isn't this and they kind of were getting renewed and I, I believe they were able to get water out of the, the lake. But 
then they're on this trek to get where they're supposed where their final destination would be and Corey was a pretty healthy person but Betsy was very frail she was not well even in the beginning of this journey they end up um, at a place called Ravensbrook and this is where their life would exist for some period of time under the extreme cruelty of the Germans all because they were trying to help save humanity and um, <laughs> she tells the story about they they get to this place and they all put their their blankets that they had down and they sit down and realize that there's lice on the straw underneath and so they jump up and you know who wouldn't oh my goodness but then they realize that that's the only place they have so they sit down and then it rains and they're just in mud it's just ugh. so they get moved to the barracks, the first set of barracks, and I'm going to skip over because I can see I'm already running out of time. But the second barracks, they get to the second barracks. These barracks were to hold 400 women, and there were 1,400 women packed. So do you think that the prisoners that were already there were just so excited to see new people coming in? No, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's no room to sleep now, and now I have to share my cranky old bed with you I mean you really should read the hiding place it is an incredible story but they're sitting there now miraculously God had oh this is just incredible the miracles they at one point they're made to strip completely everything is taken away from them and they have like this little thin gown and something sort of called shoes but not really much shoes that's all they were given and it's cold it's already in the late fall it's cold there so Corey really caring about her sister she was able miraculously by God to hide a sweater a thing of vitamins and a Bible and I'm telling you I don't know what would have happened to them had the guards found those things they never found them they never found them so in the barracks they they're um, pulling out their Bible and Betsy who really to me was the great hero even though Corey does end up being that but Betsy had such a childlike heart. She had such a childlike spirit. Corey's saying, how are we going to survive here? <laughs> what is God going to do in this place? And Betsy says, well, I think it's on the next line. Let's look at what the Bible says. It says, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And for her, it was just simple. We're supposed to rejoice. We're supposed to pray. And we're supposed to give thanks. So they decided, here they are in the worst conditions that mankind knows, and they decide we, we can thank God because we didn't get separated. That was number one. We're together. That was a huge Thing to be thankful for we can thank God because we have the Bible we can thank God because we have this little vial of vitamins and every day Corey would give out a little bit to um, Betsy 
and the bottle was dark, and so you couldn't see what, how much was in there. And every day, there would be enough. And then Betsy wanted to start sharing it, and Corey's like, oh, no, this is really supposed to be for you, but okay, I'll, I'll do it. It never stopped. And then <laughs> Betsy says, this barracks, it was full of fleas. They went from lice to fleas. And Corey's like, Betsy, I can't thank God for the fleas. She said, but no, we're supposed to thank God for everything. We have to thank God for the fleas. And Corey's like, oh, blah, blah. you have a sister like that? Like, blah. okay, so they thank God for the fleas. This was the childlikeness on Betsy. She was just an incredible lady. So at one point, um, a, a prisoner that's working in the nurse in the infirmary, she smuggles in some kind of, um, it was some kind of a potion that was kind of like a vitamin to give. And do you know the day they got there, the day they got that, the vitamin bottle quit. Isn't that incredible? So there's one point in which Betsy gets really sick and they take her to the infirmary, or take her to the hospital, and she, she recovers that time, but it was during that stay that she finds out why did they have so much freedom in their barracks. They could preach the gospel night after night. They would work 11-hour days in the grueling conditions, um, back-breaking, horrible conditions that they would be forced to work in with very, very little to eat. They would come in after an 11-hour day, and they had complete freedom. No guards were around, and they never could understand why were the guards not around, but they didn't care. They just saw that as the hand of God, and they would, they would, they had, their little Bible was in Dutch, but they could speak German, so they would speak it in German, and, and it would just filter back through all the different languages that were in that, in those barracks, and they had worship services every single night. Well, they find out when Betsy's in the, in the hospital, guess why the guards won't come near the barracks? Because there's fleas. Oh, my goodness. The mysteries of God. The mysteries of God. Now, in the end, it's like this little lady with her heart of simplicity and obedience to God in anything he would ask her to do she began to see in the spirit. She said, Corey, we're going to be out by the end of the year. Corey, I can see this house. We're going to have a house and we're going to bring these people that, that need to understand the love of Christ. We're going to bring them into this house. She could see things in the spirit before they were made known in the natural. Well, Corey is thinking that she's talking about all these prisoners that, that need love and care. And she realizes Betsy's not talking about those people. She's talking about the guards. She's talking about the guards. The lady that they nicknamed the snake. It was just cruel, cruel. But in the end, Betsy ends up, she can't even walk. She's so weak, she can't walk. They carry her into the hospital. And I mean, these sisters, it's like agony being separated. And in the end, even the snake, her heart softened just a little bit. 
And they were able to get Corey in so that she could see Betsy after she passed away. And the miracle of that was that Betsy's face was young again. It wasn't all weathered and tormented and shriveled. It was like she had renewed her youth. And then inexplicably, for no reason known to understanding, Corey's called in by name. They were always called by their prisoner number. She's called into the office by name, and they release her. And she realizes she couldn't have left that place. In fact, they tried to transfer her one time, and her conditions would have been much better. But she refused. Well, she, you know, pretended that she couldn't see. So that, and that time, the doctor was gracious to tell her, you got to go stand in line to get glasses, to have your eyes examined. And the train that was taking the prisoners off to the better place had left her because she didn't want to leave her sister. But in the end, she realizes that it was the goodness of God that she did not get released until after Betsy had gone to be with the Father. And then you got to read about Corey. She goes, she makes it back to her hometown, and she spends the rest of her life teaching about forgiveness. Those countries were war-torn. They were devastated. And she would say that it's not just the, um, it's not just the, the ones that had been cruel, you know, like the Germans. It was also their own countrymen that had turned them in. So after the war, when they were liberated, they became the victims because nobody would give them jobs. Nobody would treat them kindly. And you understand all of that. But those people needed forgiveness as much as the ones, that, as the Germans. And the, the beautiful thing is in the very end, Corey goes back to Germany and they transform a concentration camp into a place of healing. Isn't that crazy? See, these are the stories that inspire me. Like, Lord, I don't want to stay the way I am. I want to be transformed by renewing my mind. That I don't want to see things as they really are. I want to see things as you see them. I want to live by your principles. As simple as they are, they're hard sometimes. There's times when there's not a lot to be thankful for. But like Betsy and Corey, you can find something to be thankful for. Why don't you all stand? I didn't get to this last night, but I'm going to read my last slide. Finally, brethren, next slide. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy, anything worthy of praise, think about these things.
So my challenge to you is I have started, uh, a, okay, Charlie challenged us this year to read through the Bible. We're almost done with that. Mama Gail's, you know, an overachiever. I'm done. So I'm going to challenge you in this season and on into next year to do a journal of thanksgiving. If all of this is true, let's see. Let's see. Let's every day, let's just take a few minutes to direct your thoughts toward God. See, even the secular mind says, if you will be grateful, these things will happen for you. How much more in the Holy Spirit? How much more in the Holy Spirit? But I don't know about you. If I was sitting out there, this message would be gone by tonight because that's how feeble my brain is. But if I purpose to do something to enact my brain, to make me mindful, then maybe, then maybe transformation. I'm like, what have we got to lose, church? What have we got to lose? What have we got to gain? Why not us? Why not now? So, I, I don't... <laughs> The call today is, what do you need? Do you need a mind transformed? <laughs> do you need a heart transformed? Do you just need a touch from the Holy Spirit? What is it that you need? He's here. And you're invited. Come and receive.